it going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio once again for an episode of, of Hot Takes with CP3 and the Daily Degenerate doing our little combo podcast, a little collaboration right here. Me and Cohen back at it once again together, guys. Um, Cohen, before we get things going, why don't you guys say what's up to the people? Let them know what's good. Guys and girls, who did it better, Travis Scott and McDonald's or David Degenerate and TP3? Which one had the best collab? I can't tell. Send in your answers to TP3, and he'll let us know next next week on the episode. My name is Cohen Hughes. I am the host of the Daily Degenerate podcast. Um, wish we had a better week in terms of football, but say, or I don't even know, um, que sera, sera, such is life, or whatever the hell the French say. Um, you know, Cohen? The gift started off our first topic. This will be the perfect way to get it started. Why the hell are you wearing a Jets jersey right now? Thomas Penland, I am wearing a Jets jersey because if I had worn a Falcons jersey in this apartment, I was scared the fucking cat was going to roast me. I have been getting shit for the past 72 hours, dude. I'm talking about like, because me and you have a lot of friends who don't live in Georgia and who don't live in Atlanta. I have friends who live in Long Island, New York. I have friends who live in Lexington, Kentucky. I have friends who live in California. I have friends who live in goddamn St. Louis. I am so tired of being the Falcons guy, the number one Falcons fans that people call me to roast me and hit me up on Facebook and Twitter and everything else. Just do what happened to your Falcons? What happened to your Falcons? I know. So I'm not going to wear another piece of Falcons clothing until they fire Dan Quinn. Hey, fair enough. You know, I told Cohen, I told him, I was like, let's try to keep this to a minimum where we're on here, you know, roasting Dan Quinn and the Falcons or whatever. And Cohen said, Cohen straight up texted me. I was impressed. He said, I don't even have anything to say because I've been telling y'all for years that we need to fire Dan Quinn, that we should have listened to him. I mean, I don't know if y'all can tell in his face right now, but this is a very serious look on Cohen's face. He does not look happy right now. Oh, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm the opposite of happy. Um, just, to, just to give you some context, this is the career of Dan Quinn. Hired in 2015, we started the year 5-0. and Thomas Penlin, did we make the playoffs that year? No. You know how hard it is to start 5-0 and and miss the playoffs? You, you – you finish the season eight and eight. You lose like six games in a row. It's honestly maddening and frustrating. 2016, hey, the height of our career, a Super Bowl year, but we lose the worst ever Super Bowl collapse. We blow the biggest lead in Super Bowl history to the New England Patriots. Whatever. Hey, that's a one-off, right? 2017, it's honestly not that bad. We are the only returning NFC team to go to the playoffs, and we even win a playoff game against the new up-and-coming Rams. We're feeling good, right? No. 2018, 7 and 9, missed the playoffs. 2019, 7 and 9, missed the playoffs. 2020, lose two embarrassing games to two good teams, no doubt. But that game Sunday against the Cowboys, you texted me three times in a row. Okay, it's over. We're good, dude. We're good, dude. And I said, No, we're not. No, we're not. I'll show them the damn text threads between me, me, me and you, Thomas. I said, we are going to blow this lead. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The first time I did text you, before the game started, he was texting me freaking out. I was like, calm down. We'll be fine. The first time I did text him, I was like, I told you, he, you were like, there's still some game left, but I'm feeling pretty good about it. Yeah. But my roommate's actually a Cowboys fan, and he started playing PlayStation at halftime. And I even told him, I was like, bro, I, I was like, not so fast. I was like, nothing's safe with the Falcons. But honestly, no. I was just saying it just because I didn't want to get shit if something ended up happening. And what do you know? What it did. actually happened? Like, I mean, Dan Quinn is a defensive head coach, and this is the first time ever a team has scored as many points as we did and lost a game with zero turnovers. I mean, he got three freaking turnovers and still couldn't stop them. I mean, the onside kick was awful. I don't know if y'all read or not what Arthur Blank said. Look, 
I actually am going to side with Arthur Blank on this one. He said he understands the fans' feelings of how they feel and everything. He was on XM Radio for NFL, and he said he can't blame them. But he said, honestly, I'm not firing a coach two weeks into a season when we still have time to turn things around. I mean, I'm not saying things are going to turn around and get better at Atlanta fans, but realistically, I mean, is Raheem Morris going to do a better job? Hell yes. no. I yes, mean, we will. should have fired – no, we yes, will not. Will. We should have fired Dan Quinn. before. We should have not re-signed him. We should have fired him before the season started and moved on from him. It's our fault. We've made the bed. Now we have to sleep in it until at least week eight. Once you're mathematically eliminated, go ahead and kick his ass out of Atlanta. But until then, it's not. But I will say this. I will give him a tiny, tiny, tiny – bit of credit for at least taking his player's side with not recovering that onside kick. I mean, he said they knew damn well what to do and they didn't do it, but I mean, he, he kind of took their side a little bit and defended them a little bit. So, I mean, you can give him a little bit for that, but I mean, Thomas, it, it, he, ca- he called a timeout before the fucking kick to get the formation and, and, and get the rules, right? He called a timeout before. I know. The kick. I know. He, trust he me. Is at it. I mean, all right, two things, Honestly, two, two things before we get off of Dan Quinn. I'm fucking tired of talking about him. Number one, what is Dan, Dan Quinn outside of defense, which is absolutely embarrassing, what is Dan Quinn's number one calling card? What is, what is the thing that he says, if we do this, we will win the football game? I have no idea. A turnover margin. We won the turnover margin, what, 5-0, if you include turnovers on downs? And you lose a fucking football game if you win the turnover margin five nothing score got damn near 40 points nah you got to go g you're done it's it's whatever hey trust me he will not be employed very soon Cohen. we just got to wait it out and we'll be fine trust me all right let's move let's move to something that's uh actually i mean i guess not a little bit more oh related, oh oh it. oh the uh, the last thing dan quinn since the super bowl loss has a record, combined record, including the one playoff win of 25 and 27. He's tainted. Boy's got to go. See ya. Hey, I mean, he's, at least he's not as bad as Adam Gase is. Adam Gase is still employed is beyond me. But I don't anyway, know. I don't know. I let's, don't know. Let's, let's just be honest in general, Cohen. Not only for me and you, but for the entire NFL, week two was pretty much an awful week. We saw probably the most players I've ever seen in a week of NFL get injured. Um, a little bit of context before we jump into it. I actually I heard it, um, a doctor was saying he thought it'd be the most soft contact tissue injuries in NFL history because their bodies hadn't gotten adjusted a little bit to the little bit of hitting and everything you do. You know, you gradually build into all the hitting and stuff. That hadn't happened. So, fortunately, he was right. We saw, just to highlight some of the players, I'm not going to sit here and name every single players we saw the 49ers lose Nick Bosa Solomon Thomas um, Jimmy Garoppolo Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman Um, we saw Saquon Barkley go down for the Giants with a torn ACL he's done we saw Tyrod Taylor sit out with a chest injury that was so weird by the way I ran to the store real quick to grab a drink and I minutes before game time Justin Herbert said that he learned that he was a starter minutes yeah, like literally, I went to the grocery store to go get a drink. I came back and sat down, and I was like, wait. I was like, Is, what happened to Tyrod Taylor? And they were like, I thought that Herbert was starting. I was like, what? And that one was a weird one. Uh, Paris Campbell was carted off with an ACL injury. Malik hit Hooker tore his Achilles. Um, Christian McCaffrey, arguably the best running back in the NFL, tore his ACL. Devontae Adams suffered a hamstring injury, but I won't relate that one to the COVID thing because Devontae Adams gets hurt 20 times a year anyway. Cam Akers hurt his ribs. Uh, Drew Locke injured his shoulder. Um, Not to mention Cortland Sutton tore up his knee. Um, Byron Jones suffered a growing injury. Anthony Barr um, suffered a shoulder injury. Um, I mean, that Bruce Irvin tore his ACL. Brandon Scherf tore his MCL or MCL sprain. Sorry. Um, those are just some of the injuries just to highlight what happened this week. Um, I mean, do you think this is going to be a problem going forward and we're going to see even more players keep going down? Because I do. 
100%. And um, if you listen to, I want to say it was episode 128 with the top 10 movie, uh, sports movies of all time. I had Brad Meekum on and Brad actually works in um, sports medicine. He works for, you know, high schools, colleges and sports mm-hmm. organizations doing their on field medical stuff. And he told me he was like, dude, expect a fucking bloodbath this year because a there's no preseason and b some of these players knew that there was so much uncertainty in the air about the season actually being played as a whole and when are we going to get started and quarantine kept people's bodies and athletes bodies inside and not as active so much that this starting and stopping in such a rapid pace is just a it's just a myriad of injuries so do i think it's going to continue hell yes no, I, I agree with you completely. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. I think the deepest te- the deeper teams in the league will see things be all right for them. Like the 49ers went out and signed Ziggy Onside. I mean, I would say the 49ers and the Broncos have the two worst. I mean, the Broncos are pretty much done. They have no quarterback. They don't have Vaughn Miller to begin with. They lose their top target, too, with Cortland Sutton. I mean, it's it's just going to keep getting worse in Denver. I mean, the 49ers, I don't know if they, they haven't made an official ruling on Jimmy G yet this week, but I mean – they're already down on all those running backs, Solomon Thomas. I mean, they traded to Forrest Buckner. They lose Nick Bosa. Yeah, you bring it on. I mean, I think those two teams by far got the injury bug the worst. But, I mean, it just sucks for fantasy football. Like, I mean, I'm a guy out here. I mean, I'm, I hate to bring up my fantasy football team. But, like, I have You're Kenny Galladay. In, yeah, I mean, I had Kenny Galladay in one league. I was like, hey, I went one and one. I'll make it to next week and be fine. Then I lose C-back. I mean, what do you I, do at this point? And um, are you talking about the degenerate league that, that we're in? <laughs> No, no, no. I don't, if, hey, by the way, for the Degenerate League, Cohen didn't remind me all day we have the draft links for my back-to-back auto dude, pick to hit. Dude, bullshit. Ask, ask, <laughs> ask Coon, dude. I, I sent you a 24-hour notice, and then I sent you – and I was like, yo, my man, you're auto-picking. Like, what the fuck is going on? But um, in the Degenerate League, I am so embarrassed, dude. I lost Saquon Barkley. I had a few guys go out early with injury. Uh, prayers up to James White and all that, but I didn't – I. By the time that he had announced he wasn't playing, I couldn't do anything else, like, with a running back. I, I, I had no other running backs to put in the spot. Mm. I scored 68 points. Hey, <laughs> and, if it makes you feel any better, I had someone score, like, 41 in one of my four leagues I'm in. So that doesn't make me feel any you... better, honestly. <laughs> that makes me feel mm-hmm. a little bit worse. That's what I'm saying. But if anything, guys, in the NFL is here, it's all about depth. I mean, Devontae Freeman just got picked up a few minutes ago by the Giants, so that's me massive. Um what, what, what was the next topic you want to talk about? What, what, what oh, we um, so we don't like to overreact. The NFL is a very long season, not in terms of amount of games played, but in terms of how many weeks it stretches mm-hmm. on. And you can't really make a, a, a great basis for your opinion just off, based off of two weeks. Um, hey, let me before you jump into that let me I want to call out one of the biggest overreactions in the NFL right now I think it's these people saying Carson Wentz can't play I mean these me quarterbacks 100%. didn't have any preseason time I mean he doesn't have Alshon Jeffrey out there Jalen Rager's a rookie I mean they don't have the same offensive line group even back that they've had in the past and everyone's out here saying Carson Wentz can't play I mean yeah I know that him throwing the most bad balls in the league get 20 and 15 of them being from a perfect pocket is not good but at the same time you know like he really doesn't have anything out there. And, I mean, if you look last year, he had a freaking trash can and a water cooler playing wide receiver and got the Eagles to the playoffs. So, I mean, he clearly can play. It's just an overreaction. I will say this. Um, I, I think it's a huge overreaction, a huge stretch for any of these Sheagles fans that I know, especially from this, the, the degenerate group and the sports connection that we're in. Um, all these guys say, oh, put in put in Hurts. Oh, Wentz is bad. Da, 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 da. Shut the hell up. Wentz has at least proven to the Eagles fans that he should be able to at least start this whole year, even if he plays like shit the rest of the year. But 
I will say this. Wentz does have his calling cards for bad play, like his amount of fumbles, his amount of giveaways, the injuries. Da, 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 da. I, I can completely understand that. And if that's the basis that you want to move on from Wentz on, fine. But off of week one and two from this season, if that's what you want to base this on, go get fucked. <laughs> but the, um, the, the whole topic of overreaction is um, some teams like the Chicago Bears want to say that they're world beaters now after becoming 2-0. and And some teams like the Eagles and the you know, Vikings and the Falcons and whoever else you want to say say that we're down in the dumps after being 0-2. This is only one-eighth of the season. Everybody calm down, take a deep breath. Let's get to week three and see how we played them. So, Thomas Penland, who is the 2-0 and team that thinks they're on top of the world, but you think that are actually a fraud? Ooh, that's tough. That's a tough one. I'm going to go with the Chicago Bears, actually. I don't think that one is a tough one. The Bears were getting whooped by the Lions in week one, and it wasn't until the three starting DBs for the Lions all went down that they came back and Mitch Trubisky threw all over them. Then he turns around. I mean, the Giants are hot garbage. There's no yep. other way to put it i'm not it's not easy to sit here and defend the giants i mean the giants are awful and the bears turn around and beat them i don't think the bears are anything to write home about i mean, don't get me wrong i think they're about an eight and eight 500 team but i don't think they're world beaters or anything like that no nah, me neither and um i was gonna say the bears as well but to to kind of go off on uh, go off of the bears i would say maybe las vegas raiders They'll, they'll come back down Whoa. to earth soon. They, they had a really good showing last night, and I will forever love a team that beats the Saints. I cheer for two teams every week, the Atlanta Falcons and whoever's playing the Saints. Las Vegas Raiders are not world beaters. Let's not get crazy Raiders fans. The new stadium's nice. John Gruden's nice. Derek Carr played really well in the red zone. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. I'm going to say not so fast on that one. I picked the I picked the Las Vegas Raiders to make the playoffs, and I believe in this team. John Gruden can do a lot with nothing. I mean, people forget last year they were almost they were one game out from the wild card until the last three games of the season when they lost all their players pretty much and had everybody move to the IR and miss the playoffs. I will say this, though. They currently, Richie Incognito is out for the season. There's another injury right there. Trent Brown placed on the IR as well. So they're going through cluster injuries on their offensive line, which is not going to be easy to bounce back from, but – I mean, even with those cluster injuries, they got a great push last night against the Saints. I mean, they ran the ball over the Saints. Even at the they end did. of the game, when it was clear and obvious, they ran the clock out on them. I mean, part of me says the Saints kind of kind of fell over and gave up. But, I mean, I think the Raiders are here to stay. I think they're a wild card team, no doubt about it. Eh, maybe. I just I, – I don't feel like it's their time yet. They don't have the big hitters. They don't have – they have a good offense. Derek Carr, I wouldn't trust my franchise on his shoulders. The Raiders are a good team. I don't think they should be celebrating the Super Bowl after being 2-0. and I've seen a lot of Raiders fans going crazy. Let's pump the brakes, Raiders fans. So, Thomas, um, moving on to our next one. We talked about the 2-0 and team that we think may be a fraud. Let's pump the brakes on a 2-0 and team that thinks they're, mm. they're, they're, they're hot shit. Who is a team that's 0-2 that you think, all right, guys, let's calm down. Maybe you guys can go on a little run here and make a few wins in a row. I'm going to go with the Houston Texans. 
Really? And a lot of y'all might might not agree with that one because I know a lot of people think Bill O'Brien's on his way out after his horrible offseason moves. I mean, I don't think Bill O'Brien's necessarily a great coach. I think he's an awful GM, but the Texans are far too talented. I mean, when you think about this too, the Texans probably played the two best teams in the entire NFL back-to-back weeks. The Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs are, in my opinion, if I had to pick top three teams in the league, they're one and two at this point because the 49ers are so damn beat up. I mean, it's just been a rough draw for them. They got to play Pittsburgh against this week. I think they could be 0-3, and I still wouldn't sell my stock of the Texans. Deshaun Watson is a top three to five quarterback in the entire NFL. I mean, that was his second loss by double digits in his entire NFL career, and both of them came at the hands of Lamar Jackson. You know, I personally think that people are writing the Texans off and doubting them, and I think that's the best spot for them is being written off and doubted. I mean, they still have J.J. Watt, one of the best game records in the entire league on the bench. I mean, on the defensive side to go along with Deshaun Watson, you can make up for a lot of your sins. I think the Texans have got a lot to come. Um, I agree with you wholly. Um, I hold Bill O'Brien in a very high regard. I think he's a really great traditional football coach. I like those guys that come from that Belichick tree. I think he's really good at quality control. And I like what you said. They He played the – very best teams in the NFL week one and two. And I like the, the spot they're in now. They went ahead and got those games out of the way. So I think the Houston Texans will have an uptick in terms of wins and play. But I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles, man. As much as I hate the Eagles and as much as I, you know, hate Doug Peterson, mm-hmm. this is not a team that's going to stay in the basement for long. Carson Wentz is going to hear this noise, hear this pressure. He's going to improve his play. Just like you said, there was no preseason dog. Let's not overreact on Carson Wentz yet. I think that despite the cluster injuries, despite the O-line not playing as good as their namesake should be, they still got a kick-ass D-line. Their defense is still good, quote-unquote. Secondary may not be as great as some want, but their defense is good. Um, I think the Eagles are going to make a push for that division with the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think the Washington football team is, is going to do anything. Ron Rivera is a great story. I still – still to this day, like the Philadelphia Eagles to win the division. I like Dallas to win the division, but I do agree with you. I mean, when you look at that for the Eagles, they're 0-2, but both teams, you know, they're only one game back from being back up in first place, you know. So I don't think it's time to panic at all in Philadelphia. No. I mean, you still have a talented team. you got a great head coach in Doug Peterson. Like you said, I mean, it's not like Carson Wentz can play any worse than he has so far. And mm-hmm. honestly, you know, I mean, that was a terrible spot for him against the Washington football team. That was a team that was motivated for Ron Rivera in that story, and they have a great defensive line. And when you have offensive linemen, you have cluster injuries on that O-line. When you have a defensive line with four first-round picks and a Hall of Famer and Ryan Kerrigan, and there's your sub-in pass rusher, it's never going to be an easy task taking him on. So – you know, I agree with you, man. I think Philadelphia is going to get better, but I mean, it's, I think, let's put it this way I think eight and eight wins that division. It, the NFC East seems to be kind of that way every year, and I could see it being the exact same way this year. Kind of like the NFC South is, we all beat up on each other, we're all going to split. So let's not overreact in the first two weeks. Thomas, before we get out of here, um, in terms of this year, compared to in years past, I think rookies look a whole lot better than they have. And there's been more triumphant rookies that have looked really good this year than in years past. Who has been your favorite rookie in terms of who you think has looked the best? Hmm. That's a tough question. You know, honestly, I'm going to go with Joe Burrow. The fact that he dropped back and threw the ball 60 times last week and still took care of the ball. I mean, I honestly, the thing I like the most about Burrow is on third downs, he's not scared to pull the ball down and run for that first down and pick it up. He's showing teams that he can be a dual threat quarterback and that he can do more than just sit in the pocket and throw the ball. And honestly, it's a horrible offensive line. So it makes things a little bit easier on him too, with that terrible offensive line. I was super impressed with what I've seen out of Burrow so far. I mean, 
outside of a few dropped passes and a few things that didn't go his way, Joe Burrow is eight points right now from being 2-0. and He put his team in a position to be 2-0, and and that's something to be said about the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, my favorite rookie so far, and this is not going to be a very popular pick, J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 Makai Becton. Oh, my God. Go and watch Brian Baldinger's uh, breakdown of some of his film against Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa only played 14 plays, but Makai Becton had him wrapped up. That is going to be the best tackle in football. I love me some Makai Becton. Let's go, son. Yeah, he actually had the highest grade out of all rookie tackles on Pro Football Focus this week. So, mm-hmm. it's a good pick right there. And I like how you picked him, too, because you're wearing your Jets jersey. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Not going to lie, though, if I knew we were doing a video this week, I definitely would not have worn this Falcon shirt. I just kind of threw it on after the shower. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be caught dead in the Falcon shirt this week because, A, I feel like I'm going to get eggs thrown at me. Like, no shit. Like, I feel like I live in New Orleans right now, and I'm wearing a Falcons jersey. The apartment maintenance man was saying shit to me whenever I walked outside of my car earlier. I, I'm just not doing it. I'm, I'm not, I cannot do it. Hey, you know, the funniest thing about it is actually I had a couple of Jets and Giants fans call me on Sunday and make fun of me for the Falcons. And I literally said, dude, I y'all wish are... we could play y'all 16 weeks a season because we would make the playoffs. That's how yeah. bad y'all are. And they were like, Ugh, Falcons. I was like, y'all haven't done anything. He said to me, the Giants won the Super Bowl. And I said, yeah, what's that doing for you there lately, buddy? I, to be honest with you, that I have, I have a love-hate relationship with with that argument, yes, I would pull it. If the Falcons had won a Super Bowl, I would pull that all day. But it's really a dumb argument. Like, that was so many years ago, and that was so many generations in terms of your team, in terms of team turnover. That was mm-hmm. so many years ago on that. But to be, to be, to play devil's advocate, I am, I am so down on the Falcons because we deserve it. We deserve every bit of ridicule that we get. That was an embarrassing game on Sunday. The Super Bowl was even more embarrassing, but I, but it wasn't. It didn't beat it by much on Sunday, and it, and it only hurts that it was to the Cowboys. Worst fans in football. I hate them to death. Yeah, not gonna lie, it hurts. There ain't no silver. There ain't no better way to put it than it hurts. It's it's uh, this this is a, this is medicine that just does not taste good, and it doesn't do anything for you. Thomas Penland, I'm done. If you are. Yeah, I mean, I honestly don't have nothing left to say. I'm not going to lie, guys. I mean, at the beginning of the week, at the beginning of the season, you don't want to go too crazy on these kind of reaction podcasts after NFL Sunday stuff. Just, you don't want to overreact to anything you've seen, like me and Conan have been saying. Like, yeah. around week four and five is when you can really start to question things. And once you get to that week seven and eight area, that's when you can take a def- definitive position on everything. I'm just going to say this, though. Those of y'all that rode that Josh Allen to win MVP with me, Man, am I feeling good about that one so far. I wore my Josh Allen jersey in my previous week two pick episode, so I couldn't wear it two, two episodes in a row. I was going to hey, for you, but, but, but I couldn't. I wish you did, honestly. Yeah. I didn't want to send out the vibe that I'm unhygienic and don't be washing my stuff before I, before I wear it twice. <laughs> Hey, fair enough. That's why you got to – hey, next time you got to give me more of a forewarning before we start doing the video just so I don't – What is it with you and my warning? The fantasy draft, today's video. My man, be prepared, Penland. Be fucking prepared. (laughs) Hey, well, like we said, we set our feel for this episode. We appreciate everyone tuning in. Mm -hmm. Follow me on Twitter at TP3Wins, Instagram at TP3Bets. I've actually profited back-to-back weeks on the NFL – Won nine units week one, three units this week. And if Mike Davis knew how to run out of bounds, it would have been seven units this week. So there you go.
Ladies and gentlemen, you can follow us um, at TDD Pod on Instagram and Twitter, uh, at Cohen Hughes on Instagram, uh, Cohen Hughes on Facebook, and follow me and Thomas on the Action Network. That is where you get all of our bets in real time. You don't place bets on the app, but you track your bets. Like let's say that you had Falcons money line, which is a dumb bet, but you would you would do Falcons money line, hundred dollars, whatever, 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 and then it would do a green light if you're projected to hit red light if it's projected not to hit and then at the end of the week it gives you your numbers what your record was how many units you're up or down and then it you know kind of organizes all that stuff for a full season so it's easy to see your numbers and see who's making money and who's not so give us a follow on there i'm the daily degenerate um i think he's what hot takes with tp3 on there on the action Mm -hmm. network yeah okay so give us a follow on the action network free app it's really cool to use i like even um using the live scoring feature for that one because i think it updates quicker than espn does so i like actually keeping track of games on there and keeping track of my own numbers so ladies and gentlemen this has been the collaboration between hot takes with tp3 and the daily degenerate podcast we will be uploading this video hope you watch it hope you enjoy it Everybody have a blessed week. Say some prayers for Falcons fans, bud, because we need it.